In this age of digital media and easy access to production and publishing tools, what is the role of ethics in podcasting and journalism? Dive in with me on this episode of Legit Podcast Pro, and let's find out. Welcome to another episode of Legit Podcast Pro. I am Gordon Firemark, the podcast lawyer. I help creatives and business people in the podcasting industry to cover their legal bases and protect themselves and the things that they create. And on this show, I offer legal tips and information and strategies, and I try to answer your questions so you can grow your show like a pro. And today, we are delving into a topic that is both timely and timeless, ethics. Whatever your role in the world of podcasting might be, whether it's creator, producer, editor, host, or even just a listener, understanding the ethical dimensions of what we produce and consume is really critical. Now, in this age of digital media, where anyone with a microphone can have their voice and message heard and put out to tens or thousands of, or millions of people, the line between journalism and podcasting is often very blurred. What responsibilities do we owe our audiences, to our subjects, to society? How do we navigate the tricky terrain of copyright, about representation, truth, and consequences for not getting the truth right, and things like that? So stay with me as I share some of the ethical dilemmas in podcasting and journalism. By the end of this episode, you just might rethink the way you approach creating, distributing, or even consuming media content. So settle in and let's get started. What is this thing called ethics? Well, ethics refers to the study of what is morally right and wrong, guiding individuals and societies in determining appropriate behavior and decision-making. It encompasses a set of moral principles and values that govern the actions and decisions of an individual or a group. These principles serve as a compass for behavior, and they help individuals discern right from wrong in various situations. And I should just say it is sometimes situational. It is sometimes cultural. Different countries, different nations, different religions will approach these questions a little differently. So you do have to keep things in perspective for what that means for you. Now, media ethics pertains to the principles and standards of conduct that guide media makers. That includes journalists, content creators, broadcasters, in their work and decision-making processes. It addresses issues such as accuracy, fairness, privacy, representation in the creating and disseminating of information. This field ensures that the media serves the public interest while respecting individual rights and societal norms. So what are some of the ethical issues that come up for content creators like us, podcasters and YouTubers? Well, here's a short list that I've come up with. First off, intellectual property and copyright infringement. Now, this actually starts long before you ever launch a podcast or create any content. You're going to decide on a format and on a title for your show, and you have to decide, is it okay to copy from others or not? Formats aren't always protected under the law, but ethics transcends the boundaries of what's legal and what's not. Sometimes what's ethical is illegal, and sometimes what's legal is unethical. So think about that when you're setting up a format for your show. If you're copying something that's sort of unique with another show, ask the question, is this right? Is this something that they might claim as theirs? Is this something that could actually hurt me, my reputation, if I go out with this and people recognize it as a knockoff of someone else's format? And, you know, not all formats are 
in this category, obviously a talk show is a talk show and a, an interview is an interview and those kinds of things. But sometimes there's something unique or, or that sets apart a format, or maybe it's just a segment of a show. Be careful and thoughtful about this and choose your title to be something that sets you apart rather than just that describes your show and make sure that the title you're going with isn't going to have your show being confused with some other show, even if they're not trademarked. And then there's the content itself. Using copyright music, clips, or other content without proper permission or attribution can lead to ethical and legal obligations and complications. You know, if you didn't create it, somebody else did, and that somebody likely owns copyright and the right to control how and whether it's used by others. And even so, plagiarism, even when it doesn't rise to the level of a copyright infringement, is wrong. It's just wrong. So get permission, give attribution, do what you can to make sure you're on the right side of the moral and the ethical analysis as you make your content. But there's another side to this. After all, sometimes in order to point out irony or hypocrisy or bad behavior or bad governance or who knows what, it could be necessary to copy and hold things up for audiences to see and hear. And that's why we have exceptions in the law, things like the defenses of fair use or parody, those kinds of things. So think hard about these kinds of things. The next issue that often comes up is misinformation and the need for fact-checking. As podcasters, we have a responsibility to ensure that the information we disseminate is accurate and fair. Spreading false or misleading information can really damage your credibility and it can cause harm to your listeners and maybe other people out there. I mean, what if the information I'm sharing with you right now was bogus and you rely on it somehow and you find yourself in some kind of trouble or hurting someone or whatever? Well, that wouldn't be cool. I'd feel pretty terrible about it. So it's incumbent on me to make sure I'm getting it right when I speak authoritatively on a subject and to let you know if I'm expressing my opinion or when my view is one of only several or, or if it's controversial and there are people who disagree, it might even be incumbent on me to bring those disagreements out into the open so people can make their own decisions. And the same goes for you. No matter what kind of content you're making, I think you have an ethical obligation to at least ask these questions. Am I doing what's right? Am I being truthful? And am I sharing all the information? Or am I letting the audience know that it's only a part of the argument? The third ethical issue that comes up for me is respect for privacy. When you're sharing personal stories or information about people without their consent, especially if they're not a public figure, well, that can be an invasion of privacy. Recording a person without their permission invades their privacy. Publishing their interview, if they didn't expect it all to be published or they thought they were going to have a right to edit or, or approve the finished content, that also can be an invasion of privacy. Now, diversity and representation is another ethical concern. Like all media, podcasting has received a lot of criticism for its lack of diversity of voices and topics and perspectives, and we're getting better. But I think we need to ask ourselves, is there an ethical responsibility to amplify diverse voices and challenge biases, to, to make up for past bias and mis misdeeds and things, <clears throat> or at least to level the playing field? And if you're a network owner or a producer, you're hiring a team for your show, I think it's very important to consider diversity and representation. We are living in a time right now where courts have decided that things like giving, you know, affirmative action or giving preferences based on 
diversity or, or those kinds of things may not exactly be okay for public institutions. But I think it's still a good idea to be asking these questions because after all, we want our media, our information to reflect the society in which it lives and not just one point of view. Next up on my list is sponsorships and advertising and disclosures. Failing to disclose that content is sponsored or that it's an advertisement, that's misleading listeners about the impartiality or the authenticity of the content that surrounds it. And this goes for affiliate ads, of course. You know, if you're telling somebody about a great product and you tell them where to get it and that where to get it link is a is an affiliate link of some sort, they have a right to know that you're going to make some money if they follow that link. And this is true for, you know, various other kinds of ads as well. Now, I've spoken about pay-to-play podcasting, where the guest actually pays the host for the opportunity to come on the show. I think audiences have a need and a right to be told when that's what's going on. I think it calls for clear, conspicuous disclosure of any financial benefit, beneficial relationship. It's just the right ethical thing to do in these situations. Uh, your mileage may vary. You're going to think about these things for yourself. But I think it's always better to be transparent and open with your audience. They will respect you for it. They will understand, hey, we all do these things and we have ways that we, you know, we have to make a living, right? Uh, the audience will understand and recognize that. I think they're much more likely to think less of you if you don't share the transparency than if you do. Uh, next up, content warnings and sensitivity. You know, there are some podcast topics that could be triggering or distressing for certain listeners. And ethically, I think podcasters should consider providing content warnings, topics, things like mental health issues or violence or explicit content come to mind right off the bat. And I've got a few more a little later on. These are the kinds of things where I think you should warn your audience, hey, we're going to be talking about an act of sexual violence or an act of, you know, home invasion or something like that. And if, if that's a topic that, that pushes your buttons, maybe you don't want to listen to this episode, something along those lines. And frankly, it could help you attract audience as well. Exploitative content. There are concerns around true kind, true crime podcasts uh, and those that delve into personal traumas where the content might exploit the real life victims and their families for entertainment or advertising value. Uh, at Podcast Movement last month, I attended a session that really got me thinking. It sort of pushed my buttons because, you know, I, I'm a First Amendment guy, freedom of speech, freedom of the press. But in this panel, several people who had been the subjects, the victims of crimes that had been reported on various true crime podcasts, they expressed a point of view that I didn't fully agree with, that the podcasts should have gotten their permission to tell these true facts about what had happened to these people. Now, as a firm believer in free speech and press and the public's right to know and the need for openness, I have to admit this really got me thinking. Here, these people were victimized once by the doing of the crime and then, in their view, again by the content creators that were selling, telling, excuse me, their stories. That's, that's a Freudian slip. They were telling their stories and they were selling their stories. They were making money off of them and essentially stealing a little bit of their dignity and making them – relive some of the feelings that they experienced during the crime or about having been victims of the crime. Now, under the law, these stories are perfectly fair game. Facts are not protected by copyright law. Information that is public can't be embargoed or limited in any way. But we all need to be really careful and mindful when we start exploiting people's experiences, their lives. If we're not engaging with them and sharing with them, we need to really think about 
what's the value? What am I doing for society by sharing this? And who am I hurting? Now, sure, sometimes the right thing will be to tell the story with or without their cooperation and consent, but that will not always be the case. So have a conscience and think beyond just the titillating story, but also about what's what it's doing to the people involved. Now, manipulative editing is another ethical concern. Misrepresenting a guest or a situation through deceptive editing of the content can be unethical. It doesn't provide a genuine representation of what was said or occurred. And, well, it's just plain dishonest. It's deceptive. It's wrong. In some instances, it may be illegal. It can certainly bring a world of hurt down on the podcaster. So make sure you're doing the right thing here. Uh, you know, it's one thing to cut out the ums and ahs. But if you're changing the meaning of the sentences, people are saying that's a problem. <coughs> Monetization and paywalls. Well, with the rise of exclusive content platforms and subscription models, there has been some debate about access to information, the commodification of content and the potential division between paid and free listener tiers and and the stratification of audiences and so on. Now, earlier I mentioned that the public has a right to know, but I don't think that means that everything has to be free. But it also doesn't make it okay to keep everything behind a paywall. I think we need to strike a balance so that we have an informed public and, and that the audience can access information. That said, <coughs> excuse me. That said, uh, on the other side of this, as consumers of content, I think we should be prepared ethically to make sure that the makers of the content we find valuable are compensated for it, whether that's by paying them directly for the content through subscriptions or, or whatever, or purchasing their products and services or just making donations. I don't think it's any more ethical to consume everything for free without some kind of value exchange than it is to lock everything up behind, you know, behind a, a fence or a, a paywall. So I think that's an important concern. Now, engagement and feedback has ethical issues as well. Podcasters thrive on interaction with their community. They really want to have the audience reach out and share their thoughts and ideas and those kinds of things. And they want to handle criticism and they want to consider feedback. And how we do that can have ethical implications. Ignoring or silencing certain voices, for instance, that could lead to a skewed or a biased representation of opinions and ideas. That's another one. What about content that's directed at kids? You know, there's a lot of child-oriented storytelling out there. What are the ethics around that? And what are the ethics around running ads in those things? Or what if you're doing a telling a story and you're talking about a particular toy that leads the child to want that toy and to nag mom and dad for it or whatever? Or maybe about how to use a particular toy in a way that's not really intended. There's a lot of potential risk there. In broadcast television, children's TV is highly regulated and the rules around advertising in kids' TV is, are very, very strict. So we should be at least thinking about this. Now, certainly we shouldn't lob F-bombs around into the ears of our, of our kids or present grown-up subject matter. And we should let parents know what to expect from our content and stick to those expectations pretty carefully. But I think that goes further than that. And also, we need to think about adult content. When is it okay to share adult content? Whether, whether you consider it obscene or indecent or pornographic or smut, 
that's sometimes just in the eyes or the ears of the beholder. Again, we're not talking about broadcast media, so we don't have the FCC regulating what can and can't go out on our airwaves. But labeling is still probably the ethical thing to do. So again, people aren't surprised and offended or, or you know, taken aback by the content that they hear. And on the flip side of this is censorship. Networks and hosting companies and others, should they be allowed to decide what content they will and won't carry? Well, a court recently ruled that the government isn't allowed to use coercive tactics, that's threats of antitrust and investigations and things like that, to get private companies like Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and, and uh, Instagram and TikTok. They're not allowed to use those coercive tactics to get these companies to take action against certain speech. But these companies certainly can do so on their own. They're private actors. If they determine that it's in their and their shareholders' best interest to do that, they should be allowed to do that. But there is a concept that is called the common carrier, the treatment where some businesses, usually it was originally it was the railroads and later the phone company, the telegraph and the phone company, they were basically told that they are not allowed to discriminate on the basis of what they're carrying. So the railway wasn't allowed to decide not to ship a particular package just because it contained, you know, religious symbols or something like that. Or a phone carrier couldn't decide that it wouldn't provide service to telemarketers or what have you. No, they had to carry everything and they were given some legal protections in order to make that a little more palatable, if nothing else. Now, maybe we should expect that some of our service providers should operate that way too and also have the legal protections if they do. The Communications Decency Act sets up some legal protections, but it doesn't impose on anybody a requirement to carry everything. So that's some of the debate that's going on here in the U.S. Congress these days and when they can talk about anything that isn't just pure political, you know, bomb throwing at each other. Um, so there's, there's that. Now, here's another one. If you use AI to help you create your content, should you disclose that fact to your audience? Should you take credit if you, for the writing of something that you used an AI tool to spit out? Where's the line on this? So this is where I give my full disclosure. That list that you just heard and the next one I'm going to share in a second, those started out as output from chat GPT. I asked it for a list of issues or principles and then I took what it gave me and I built on it and I wrote the content that you're hearing now. So I consider myself the writer, but I did use a tool. Very similar to if I'd looked something up in an encyclopedia or a dictionary or something. So, see, that wasn't so hard. There's my disclosure. All right. So, I'm going to take a slight pivot here now. I want to talk about journalism, specifically whether podcasters are journalists and what does that mean in this context of ethics. So, what is journalism? Well, one definition I found says journalism is the activity of gathering, assessing, creating, and presenting news and information. Notice it's not just gather it and shoot it out there. You have to assess it. You have to develop it, create it, right? It serves the purpose of informing the public about events, issues, and developments in society. And the practice of journalism adheres to a set of professional standards and ethics, prioritizing values like accuracy, fairness, and objectivity with the ultimate goal of providing a reliable account of the truth. So while you're sitting here asking yourself whether the news organizations that you see publishing news to, on television and cable, whether they are really doing journalism according to that definition, ask yourself as a creator of content, are you a journalist? 
Now, if you're doing a scripted drama or comedy, then probably not. Although if you're incorporating truthful events into your script or something like that, maybe you are. But the rest of us, are we journalists? Well, journalistic ethics refers to those guiding principles that journalists follow as they make and disseminate information to the public. While there are many specific guidelines and standards that depend on what country, what organization, the situation, here are some of the key tenets of journalistic ethics that are generally recognized. Number one is truth and accuracy. Journalists should always strive for accuracy and ensuring that they gather and present information truthfully. That means fact-checking and verification are essential. Independence. Journalists should not act formally or informally on behalf of special interests, whether political, corporate, cultural, sponsors. They should avoid conflicts of interest that could compromise their impartiality. Fairness and impartiality. Coverage should be balanced. It should be free from bias. Journalists should provide a fair and comprehensive account of events and issues. And there's humanity. Journalists should be aware of the potential harm that their reporting can cause. They should consider the implications of their work and strive to minimize the harm, especially when they're dealing with vulnerable or marginalized individuals that may be on the, on the receiving end of those implications. Accountability. Journalists should be accountable for their work and they should correct any mistakes promptly. They should clarify and explain their decisions to the public, especially when faced with tough ethical dilemmas. And transparency. They should disclose any potential conflicts of interest that might influence their reporting. That includes those financial interests, those affiliations, those personal biases, and yeah, those sponsorship relationships. Respecting privacy. Again, the public's right to know is important, but we have to balance it with individuals' privacy especially where there's a sensitive situation. Private individuals have greater rights to control information about themselves than people who are public officials voluntarily in the public eye seeking power and influence and attention. So keep that in mind. Minimizing harm. Journalists should recognize the difference between public interest and what interests the public and aim to ensure that innocent parties, kids, victims of crimes, and so on, aren't harmed or exploited by media coverage. And next is integrity. The professional integrity of journalists is fundamental. Journalists should not accept bribes or gifts or any other benefits that could influence their reporting. And credibility and distrust of anonymous sources. Using anonymous sources sometimes can be necessary, but you got to be cautious. Relying on anonymous sources should be a last resort, and there always needs to be verification to make sure that they are truthful and credible. It's important to note that the interpretation and application of these principles will vary, as I said, based on cultural, social, political context, but they form the foundation of trustworthy journalism across the globe. Now, like any form of media or communication, practitioners in podcasting need to be conscious of these ethical issues and the implications of the choices they make. And we need to continuously reflect on how our work impart, excuse me, how our work impacts audiences and the broader cultural context. And that is it for this episode of Legit Podcast Pro. I'm Gordon Firemark, the podcast lawyer, and please join me again next week for another episode. I'll see you soon.